Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. This is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman, and today we are joined by the head coach of the Bellevue Marquette Mohawks. Welcome, Jake Oglesby, to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Now, what are your expectations for the Mohawks, Bellevue Marquette, heading into this season? Yeah, I mean, I... um... You know, it's been a big thing ever since I've been there. Um, I set I set the bar very high. Um, you know, right now I'm focused on making a deep playoff run. Um, just with what I see that, you know, our potential is with, you know, the experience that we have coming back. Um, you know, I, I'm always nothing short of, you know, getting to that sub-state game for a chance to go to state. You know, and that's been our expectation. And, you know, throughout the whole offseason after we saw how the year went last year, um, what needed to be done, what needed to be improved. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not just – I don't think it's just my expectations at this point. I think, you know, the core that I have um, on this team, I think they truly believe in those expectations as well, and it's not just, you know, coach barking up a tree or something like that. So Expectations should be high for the Mohawks. They are coming off a season where they were 5-7. and seven. They are only losing two seniors – but they are returning Brady Templeton, who hit 379 last year, and Aza Barthel, who hit 375 last year, and then Christian Paul, who was a sophomore, who hit 424 with an on base percentage of 535. So, a lot of great talent coming back for Bellevue Marquette. Jake, coach, walk us around the horn. Who are some of the guys that? Are returning starters on that infield and who are some newcomers that will be fighting for some jobs on the infield yeah and and that's kind of the always the interesting part about our team is um you know numbers are really low so guys got to be versatile um but you know when we look at um kind of who our guys are at every position uh behind the dish um south christian pool there um he's he's been uh just a great leader for us um, he is our, our true catcher on the team. I know Brady did some time back there last year. He probably will again. Um, you know, just as, you know, we need to get other kids ready to go behind the plate that just quite aren't there yet. Um, third base, um, Carson Nichols. You've probably seen him in the TH quite a few times. Um, just a uh, just a scoring machine on the basketball court. He's been a huge leader for us. Um, at short, Aza, I'm pretty sure he's been the shortstop for at least three of the four, you know, past four years, if not four of the past four years since he's been, um, you know, playing at the varsity level there. He's been a rock for us. Um, at second, we have freshman Cannon Still. Um, anyone that watched us last year kind of saw what I was doing with him defensively. Um, 
in my opinion, one of the better gloves that we have on the team, one of our better true defensive players for sure. Um, he spent some time in right until in practice he told me that he wanted a shot at second base. And after firing ground balls at him for about 45 minutes and him getting pretty much all of them, um, I could tell that that kid wanted it and I could trust him. Um, so that's been, that was a really cool, um, as an eighth grader, kind of coming to me and kind of showing me what he's made of. Um, I love that. And you get a lot of that where I'm at, obviously, with numbers and everything like that. So that's always that's always fun to see who wants it. Um, at first, that's kind of where our big position battle is going to be this year, I think. Uh, you know, Tristan Fickner's a senior. He'll, he'll start there for sure. Um, but we do got some younger guys that, you know, want that spot. So I think that's going to be good for everybody there. Get the most out of uh, – Get the most out of our reps for sure um, in practice, whether it be, you know, our freshman Aiden Clausen who wants to play first base and, you know, he's our backup catcher right now. Um, and so he wants to, uh, he definitely wants to see the field. We're working on his bat. His bat should be there for sure. Um, just got to work him in the field and he's telling me, hey, I want to play first. And uh, and then the outfield, um, right now, it's looking like we, uh, ideally might have an all Templeton outfield. So I, I have three of the Templeton boys on my team. Um, so I got Brady, um, obviously the senior. Um, I got Zach Templeton, his brother is a junior. And then I also have Cam Templeton, who's an eighth grader currently. Um, like you said, we graduated two seniors. Both of them came from the outfield. Um, you know, you always miss those seniors, but it's it's been nice that we've had guys to step up in those positions too that we feel comfortable about replacing. Um so that's all, that was, that's been really good. Um, it's going to be interesting. I couldn't tell you where each one of them is going to be. I could probably tell you that I want to start with Cam and left, and then you know I'm going to kind of leave it up to Brady and Zach to compete harder and practice together. They're always going at it. Um, you know, only being a year apart, obviously. So um, you know, Zach tells me that he's a better center fielder. Brady tells me he's a better center fielder. So I just said, hey, we're gonna we're gonna rep it, and we're gonna rep it, and we're gonna see. You know, we're gonna see who gets better jumps, better reads, who gets the glove there, and. Uh, I look forward to that. I, re I really do. I think that's going to bring the best out of everyone, honestly. So, In all of my years of coaching, watching baseball, I don't think I've ever seen an outfield where they're all brothers or even they're all related yeah. family members sharing the, sharing the same last name. I know we saw it in the major leagues with uh, Ken Griffey and his dad, but they fell one short there. I do want to say... Carson Michaels, I'm I'm sorry I failed to mention him earlier, but he's coming yeah. off an outstanding junior season where he yeah. hit 371. Yeah. He uh, was 13 for 35, and he was an RBI machine with nine RBIs in that shortened season. Now, I right. can see why the expectations are high, Jake. You, on your pitching staff, are losing zero wins and you only need to replace one and a two-thirds innings. So when you look at your staff, how is your pitching staff shaping up? How did guys look in the offseason? If you had to name an opening day starter right now, who do you think that would be? Yeah, um, you know, pitching pitching definitely if um, you know, for the people that kind of did kind of you know see what we we're doing down there. Um, you know, I know I'm getting now more towards the, the Bellevue area who to know what we were doing. Um, they would have seen right away, uh, pitching was a hundred percent what we needed the most. 
most and we didn't have last year. Um, you know, you look at the ERAs, they weren't there. And I remember going into the year, you know, we just, we had 15 days before game one, you know, and it was just like, you know what, we're just going to have to be able to try and throw strikes and we're just going to have to go for hitting, you know, we're just going to have to hit and we're just going to focus on defense and pitching. We're just going to have to try to piece along along the way. And, you know, that's tough. You know, it's a tough situation walking into, um, you know, guys not getting the velo that they need and everything like that to, you know, kind of be where we wanted it to be. But yeah, when I look at, when I look at our pitching, I'm, I'm very excited. When it comes to our pitching. Um, I, I feel really, really good and really great about it, honestly, going into it. Um, that was our biggest struggle last year. Um, you know, just not having the velocity, not having the control, not having the, you know, the mental side of it, just cause we didn't get any pitchers and catchers. And I thought that was crucial time that I lost with these guys. Um, just as a new coach, getting to know them, knowing what works, what doesn't work for them. Um, you know, that was just kind of something we were scrambling to get together. Um, but yeah, I mean, going into this year, um, you know, Brady and Chris, uh, especially have kind of set the bar, I think for kind of doing what it, excuse me, what it takes to succeed, honestly, because they went from throwing 68 to like 65 to 68 miles an hour tops off the mound. Just, you know, nothing, nothing to, you know, look twice at to, um, in the off season, doing a lot of throwing programs, a lot of weight training, um, everything like that. And, you know, I think Brady just told me the other day at his, his place that he goes to, um, he's not sitting there, but he topped out at like 83 or 84, you know, sitting around 79 to 81. And, uh, Christian's about the same sitting there about 78 to about 80 now, um, on the mound right away. So I'm just looking at that, like, you know, how, how do you not feel good about that? How do you not feel good about, you know, regardless of what the results are, seeing how hard these kids worked for this summer, you know, how, how do you not feel good about that? Um, you know, and when it comes to our rotation, um, you know, your guess is kind of as good as mine as to who I'm going to have day one. Um, I'm really leaning towards Carson um, just because he is our highest percent strike thrower. Um, and he had a lot of success against better hitting teams last year. Um, I would say he probably pitched in games where we faced higher powered offenses just because um, he's a sidewinder, gets a lot of run inside on his baseball naturally. Um, only throws fastball and changeup, but you know, that's all he really needs because his fastball can move three different ways for him. Um, and that's, that's just key for us. Um, so I, I really like him as our number one. Um, usually when he's on the mound, we have our best defense behind him too. Um, so that's always, that's always a good feeling there. Um, and then Brady and Chris probably at the two and the three, kind of depending on, um, you know, pitching schedule, like how many games we got coming up that week, um, just because Brady probably is going to catch Chris. And so just kind of avoiding the, all right, you're going to pitch game one and catch game two, and you're going to catch game one and throw game. I don't like that. Um, you got to do what you got to do sometimes, uh, but just trying to protect that as much as we can. And <clears throat> the one the one player I've talked to the most probably about his role, um, and I'm sure it's not easy, and, you know, I, I, respect, I respect this kid a lot and I have for a long time I've known him for a long time as Aza Berthel um I'm pretty sure he's been like the number one or number two for the past like three or four years um and you know the, the first thing I told him was like hey listen like you know 
the veal is not where we want it to be. It's not, you know, in a bad place. It's just not in a great place. And the thing is, is I want to get you better matchups. I'm a big pitching matchup in terms of who we're pitching against, um, like what their number three or number four looks like. Um, you know, and I know that with our offense, we're going to provide a lot of run support against a lot of three and fours. And I trust Aza to throw strikes. I trust Aza to keep us in a game. I trust him to be efficient. And I talked to him like, hey, listen, like my, you know, my idea for you this year is to be our three or our four and be better than everybody else's three or four. And then we can provide you run support. You have a high win year, um, you know, and you're right there where we need you to cap a week off or something like that. Um, and he's embraced that. And I, I can't be more thankful for, you know, the, the selflessness a lot of these kids have of like buying into, yeah, we're just going to do whatever wins the most amount of games and kind of buying into, we can kind of see it all coming together. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's a couple other guys sprinkled in there. We need to see, um, you know, Zach Templeton for sure is going to be a big inning eater for us when we need him. Um, Tristan Fifner as well as a senior, um, should provide some quality innings there when, you know, we have a lead, we can throw him in for a few innings, you know, shove it down and, you know, probably close the game out. And he did that a couple times for us, had, um, a huge pitching performance against East Buchanan last year that I really want to feed off of, um, you know, just cause he really, uh, I think he really saw what he's capable of. So I think that was always good. So we used him in specific situations where we needed, uh, he's got a great curveball. So that's when, that's when we used him, you know, when we, uh, need the late inning strike thrower and, uh, someone we could bust off a curveball when we needed it the most. So Jake, one thing you talked about that, we hadn't experienced yet with this podcast is we know how COVID affected the players. We know how COVID affected the programs, but we've never talked about how COVID affected that first year coach and how difficult it is coming in, trying to build culture and get to know your players and a testament to you and your guys for winning five baseball games last year under the difficult circumstances, you and your team, we're in it's almost like you're strangers you meet each other you go on a couple dates and then you get married where you uh showed up yeah. to the baseball field you had two weeks of practice and then you started your first game and i just want to give uh a shout out to those guys who worked hard to get their velo up into the 80s charlie stump head coach at iowa city west would always tell me nick once a guy gets up to 82 miles an hour at the high school level, they become on a different level. And you've had right. a couple guys work very hard to get to that level. So best of luck. Now, yeah. Coach, who are your senior leaders coming into this season that you can rely on to get guys going and get guys uh, in place if somebody steps out of line? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I heavily, you know, just because of how small of a unit we are, I, I would say I probably rely on my seniors probably more than anybody um, just because I know how that goes in their circles and everything like that. So um, when it comes to, when it comes to getting the guys there and feeling good and feeling positive and like, you know, looking for someone to lead by example, um, Carson and Brady right away out of my mind. Um you know, just in terms of that rah-rah, like, let's get there and let's get going, those vocal leaders. Um, you know, Carson, obviously, you know, a lot of my guys play basketball. I'd say 99% of my team plays basketball, too. So then Carson's the leader of that team. So that spills over into baseball for sure. 
um, you know, they kind of look to him as, well, you know, if Carson's doing the extra work or Carson's going to hitting or whatever it is, you know, we're going to. Um, Brady the same way. He doesn't play basketball, but people know how much he puts into baseball, how much he values baseball, um, how talented he is. And so obviously that rubs off as well. And then when we're actually on the field, when it comes to, you know, who they look to in terms of doing it the right way, 100% is a Berthel. The kid probably never says more than five words in a game, but he's max effort all the time. He's in the right spot, doing the right thing, um, you know, thinking ahead, you know, making sure he knows that, hey, I don't have to swing for the fences here. I just need to get something to play. Um, just in terms of being selfless, I think they look at him. Um, you know, he is one of our captains this year. I let my team vote on it. Um, obviously I monitor it a little bit if I had a huge issue, but I didn't this year. I thought they, I thought they nailed it. Um, they got Aza and then Christian Pruel as well, junior. Um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of those guys, I just, they look up to them. You know, it's really cool to see how it's all kind of come together because when I came in, they didn't really care a whole lot about baseball collectively. And, you know, now we got quite a lot of passion going into it, seeing like, Hey, this could be something for us. You know, this could, and looking at it this year, you know, it could be something for them this year. I, you know, I think if they want it, um, you know, as bad as they say they want it, I think it, everything's going to go the way that we want it to for sure. So it's more important that they want it than me. So last question about your team before we end with a question about you, Jake, mm -hmm. looking at your team, what would you identify right now as your team's greatest strength? <laughs> Team's greatest strength. I mean, defense has to be up there. I think uh, I think that's what we kind of started to see is how good defensively we can be. Um, you know, and that was something that I stressed last year with lack of preparation time, lack of time period, um, is that we just got to be able to play defense. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very I'm very simplistic about defense. Uh, very very Billy Bean about it, where it's like just getting out. Like I don't care especially when you're in 1A, like, you're going to get opportunities to score, right? Like, you're going to get opportunities to put pressure on them, you know, to score. Um, you know, it's not quite like the NBC where, you know, eight of your nine guys are able to, you know, gap one. You know, it's more like six of the nine, maybe five of the nine, you know? So it's like, I'll worry about the fact that we, I, I believe we have six to seven guys that can hit. You know, let's just get the out. I don't care if we give up a run here. Um you know, and we bought into that, you know, defense is something we really truly carry about. We wear that, you know, we wear that right on our chest for sure. Um, that, you know, we're not going to be beat defensively. You know, we're not going to beat ourselves essentially is what I think defense comes down to. So that, that what I think our, our biggest strength right away is, you know, just off the top. And I think when you look at high school baseball, the teams that have the greatest success are the ones that limit teams to three outs an inning. Once you're given four, five, six outs an inning, that's generally right. where you start to see the win-loss record tip more toward the L side of things. Now, last question about your team, and it's just the vice versa of the one before. If you had to identify your team's greatest improvement right now, so heading into your first game, where do you think your team has to make your biggest improvements before taking the field? Yeah, I mean, we got to we got to take things a little bit more personally when they happen, you know, because um, if you look at our record, you know, like you said, we're seven and five. But, uh, you know, three of those losses were to the same Eastern Valley team, you know, and and, you know, we drop a tough one against Lisbon. 
um, that they were a really great team last year. Edgewood Colesburg made a good run. Like you look at our losses and it's like, that's what we got to change. We got to change that. We got to show up, you know, we got to be ready for those, you know, those, you know, nail and tooth games, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and that's something I think we've really tried to turn up the intensity on, you know, make every rep matter, kind of put it into perspective. Cause you know, no, you know, we're, we're not here to, you know, beat, you know, win the games that we should and then lose the games that, you know, make a season difference, you know? And, you know, that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm, pre- I'm a pretty intense guy. I, I remind them a lot about our sub state law or our, you know, district loss or whatever it's called. Um, I remind them pretty much every day about it, you know, especially when they're starting to get lazy, especially when, you know, they might be low energy or, you know, they might not want to be there that day. And, you know, and it, it resonates, you know, because a small town like that, Easton Valley is only a couple miles, you know, down the road. Um, they talk to those kids, those kids remind them. And, you know, I think before we had a lot of, uh, we're going to lay down and just kind of, I guess we're just going to take it because what else can we do? But now they're kind of seeing, wait, there is something we can do about it. We can work harder and we can be more prepared than them. Um, whoever it is, this isn't just Easton Valley, obviously it's anybody. And then, you know, we can, we can go out and play our best game, you know, and I don't think we ever played to our full potential against the teams that we lost against. I think Lisbon might've been the closest, um, you know, against a, a great team, I thought. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited for those games this year. I'm excited. You know, you know, you always you always like the games that you, you feel like you can win, but you always want those games where it's like this could go either way. And I want to make sure it goes our way for sure. So thanks, Coach Oglesby, for joining us on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. We do have one question left before we get into that. This is our third step into small schools here. If you're new to the podcast, follow us on social media, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and Coach Manaman on Twitter. Find us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and don't forget to subscribe. Last question came in from a listener, Coach, and it's a guy who just loves high school baseball, who goes to games all over the state and just wants to learn a little bit more about the head guys leading these young men. And it's a three-part question. Okay. Why did you get into coaching? What keeps you in coaching? And we know you are at the high school and at the college ranks. And you're still a young guy, so you're going to be around for many years to come. But when you put away those red and white turf shoes of Bellevue Marquette and hang up that fungo bat, how do you want to be remembered at that school? Yeah, for sure. So, um, to, to start with, I guess I didn't, I didn't think I was actually going to get into coaching. I, you know, anyone that knows me and, you know, I don't know if you ever even heard of me, Nick, but like, I've been doing baseball for however long I could play baseball. You know, it's the earliest memory I have and it's to date the most recent memory I have um, in terms of what I've always just been shuffling around to try to get to. Um, and not to go too deep into it, but I mean, I, you know, my baseball career didn't end the way I wanted it to as, you know, just as a person, I just felt like I, I kind of cheated myself because I didn't put the work in and I just kind of felt like I kind of let baseball down, you know, and I was ready to just kind of get away from it and, um, you know, just kind of be done, you know, just kind of casually watch it and just not do a whole lot more than that. Um but then, you know, when I was probably at my lowest low, an opportunity came to actually coach with Dusty Rogers, um, and that's where I met the Templetons. And that's kind of how I got, you know, my foot in the door at Marquette. And, um, you know, initially I was kind of like, I don't really know if it's there or not. You know, I just 
you know, we'll see. And then I realized like, you know what, like I didn't get what I wanted out of it. And just in terms of, I'm not saying I wanted to go to the pros. I just wanted to feel like I left it all out there. And I know I didn't, I know I didn't. So I was like, I want to do everything that I can do to make sure another kid never feels like that. Or if they go through my program, they're a hundred percent going to know I left it all out there. Um, so that, that was kind of like, and that's my drive too. I would say every single day. And I've been very open and honest with my players about everything like that. And I think that's why we're at where we're at in terms of kind of buying into the vision. And, um, I think when, when it's all said and done, um, you know, I, wins and losses are great. You know, kind of the, the hardware is always something you want. And I'm not going to lie. Of course, that's something I want. I want to be the guy that, you know, figures it out and cracks the code and gets that team there and whatever it might be. But when it's all said and done, you know, I want, I want kids to realize that they're, they are more, you know, as a senior than they ever thought they could have been, you know, as a man, like that's important to me, you know, whether it's, on the field, off the field, um, just work ethic, knowing what it takes to kind of be your best self. Um, you know, because I think that produces great athletes. I think that produces great people. Um, you know, basically letting them, and it's, you know, far ramble too far. Last kind of point into that is it's unique coming from Dubuque to Bellevue where, you know, college isn't a hundred percent on everyone's mind. Right. Like they might think that they can't do it. You know, I got think I got kids who think they might not be able to play college baseball. Um, just kind of wanting to shatter that mold of, no, if you want to do it, you're going to do it and we're going to get you there. And, you know, I'm going to be, you know, kind of kicking you in the, you know, where until you get there, you know, you might think I'm a bad guy now, but hopefully later down the road, you're like, I needed that, you know? So, um, that's, that's definitely my fire. That's definitely what keeps me going, you know, cause there's times where I'm just like, man, this is stressful. There's a whole lot and it's a whole lot, but I think of my guys and I'm like, yeah, love those guys. Love them to death. Coach Oglesby, thanks again for joining us on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And to answer your question, yes, I do remember you. Left-handed stick from Wallert Catholic, caught behind the plate, maybe played a little bit of right field and hit a home run against us when I was coaching at Hempstead. Down I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I do remember you, Coach Oglesby, Bellevue Marquette. People listen to him. He was a good ball player uh, back in the day. He definitely knows his stuff. Six four three. We're out of here. Post game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.